all that negativity does not overwhelm or outdo or negate his positivity. Hmm. He's still positive. He's still positive about your life Hmm. and my life. And I think about Christ. Christ on the way to Calvary. Where was his thoughts? Mm, not it, upon himself. It wasn't on himself. It wasn't on, oh, this, this, these nails are going to hurt. It wasn't on, this is going to be a, a painful experience. What was it on? I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That, a show that explores the motivations of biblical characters and how their choices can guide yours. In season two, so many of you were just amazed by the episodes that we featured with Adam Patel. Peering into one of King David's darkest yet least talked about experiences and then switching over to one of the most powerful testimonies you'll ever hear. What a blessing. And he's back again this season with another deep and thoughtful character study. This time walking us through the life of Israel's most faithful of spies, the great son of Jephunneh. That's Caleb, for those of you that weren't sure. Here at the end, after God has done so many miracles to lead them, you have the majority of the leaders coming back, uh, speaking poison, if you will. Mm. Uh, they, they bring back this negative report and it, and it, almost immediately dampens the spirit of the whole uh, uh, nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And in particular, what really stands out to me is the the type of thinking that takes place in this story. You have these 10 rulers who are thinking pessimistically. They see the walls and they see the giants and they come back. We can't do it. And, and it's and it's nothing but negativity spewing forth. Mm. But then you have two people in particular. And I want to focus really on Caleb because mm-hmm. the Bible singles him out for a reason. And in verse 30, what you just read, in amidst the negativity, he calms the people down because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he sees the effect that the negativity is happening. He, he steals them. And he says, let us go up at once once that really moved me because he didn't say let's go up uh in two weeks he says not only are we able to take it we can do it right now right and so i was overwhelmed by the positive vibe that caleb had here where you had the 10 spies spewing forth negativity you had caleb extremely positive there's two different types of thinking here right there's a negative thinking it's a positive thinking. We know what happens with the story. Mm-hmm. Out of all these people who make it to the borders of Canaan, who makes it in? Just these two. Joshua and Caleb. What type of thinking did they demonstrate here? Mm. You know? Um, so this is why this story is so important. Right. And and the reports that are given, they really are polar opposites. Absolutely. It's not just that one is saying we can do it and one is saying that we can't. The The 10 spies that come back, they give no condition upon which it can be done. 
Yeah. They don't say, oh man, the, the guys there are huge. You know, we yeah. would have to train for a long time. Yeah. And we'd have to, you know, maybe have a military camp for a couple months and, and get nice and big and strategize. They're just like, it just simply cannot be done. Yeah. There's, there's no way. Whereas Caleb's report is the absolute opposite to that. We don't need anything else. Like we're good to go. Yeah. We, can, we can leave right now and we can do it right now. And it's just crazy how, how all of them can be in the same place at the same time and see the exact same thing and yet come back with two drastically different reports. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm thinking of two things now that you mentioned um, that point there. If you look at Numbers 14 mm-hmm. and verse 24, there's something significant that God says about Caleb. Mm. Numbers 14, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit mm. with him. Now we know in this great controversy, there's only two spirits. Right. So who was the spirits operating in the other 10 spies? Mm. And so you, you see the events, the, 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 the climax of the controversy taking place right here at the border of Canaan. Mm-hmm. And God's people, Caleb and Joshua, are exemplifying this positive attitude because they were rooted. Mm. And what's amazing is that they all saw the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we can even go back to Egypt. Mm. They all experienced and saw the same thing. What happened to Caleb and Joshua where they were able to demonstrate such positive faith mm. that didn't happen to the 10 spies? It's interesting that you bring that up because how often do we, we see um, the hand of God working mm. in, in many different ways? And you'll have groups, whether it be churches or whether it be you know, ministries, where you'll have multiple individuals, even schools, yeah, multiple individuals involved that will all see God just do something. And yeah. they can all recall that. But yet you go further down the line and for some, that's completely changed their life. And for others, it's really made no difference at all. Yeah, it, and, it, and it proves that it's not necessarily the sign or the miracle or the wonder that 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 changed them. It's the fact that they actually took it and internalized it. There it is. They made it a part of themselves where others watched it, saw it and thought, oh, yeah, okay. But people like Joshua and Caleb, when they see the Red Sea, they think if if this God can do that, yeah, there's nothing he cannot do. Yeah. Where you'll have countless others that look and say, okay, he split the Red Sea, but does that mean that he can provide for us? Yeah. You know, and and one will head down this this treacherous road of doubt and skepticism. The other ones will will head onwards and upwards towards faith and glory. You see, God is so good. He he shows Israel all these miracles and delivers them mm. from uh, uh, outward circumstances as a sign of mm. what He can do within the person. Mm. Wow! And that's what happened to Caleb because mm. the Bible says he had another spirit. Mm-hmm. So there was a liberation, like you said, there was something happened in, internally with him. And so all the miracles that, you know, we can see together are just a, an encouragement from God to trust him with mm-hmm. your heart. Yeah. So that That's that powerful. same miracle working power could be done in your heart. And, and we can see in this scripture why he was so rooted. Mm. Um, if we can go to Hebrews really quick and hold our fingers there. Hebrews gives us a little bit of more background of this story and what the defining factor was, that separating line between Caleb and the others. Uh, It's in Hebrews 3, just going to read 
the very end. I'm looking at verse 17. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Now, we know back to that story in Numbers 14, it was because of these 10 spies complaining and, 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 and with their negative ways and words that God was upset and punished them to die off in the wilderness for mm-hmm. 40 years. So that's what Hebrews is referring to here. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Mm-hmm. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So now the Bible is getting to the root of Mm. the issue. See, in the story in Numbers, we're we're hearing about these people complain. We're hearing about the negativity and how quickly it spread through the camp. But the root cause of the problem, according Mm. to Hebrews, was unbelief. Mm. They were not connected to thus saith the Lord. They weren't focused on what God could do and what he said he can do in his word. You know, it's really interesting that Canaan is called the promised land. Mm. <laughs> so they get to the land that God promised them, and yet they didn't believe the promises. Mm. And the sign that they didn't believe the promises was what came out of their mouth. Right. That made me really uh, think about my own life mm-hmm. as a Christian man. Uh, if I come home and I'm murmuring and I'm complaining, and I bring a negative spirit into the house, does that mean there's an issue with my belief in Mm. thus saith the Lord? Mm. Does it mean that there's a connection issue between me and the word of God? I would say yes. Caleb had that connection with the word of God. When they looked at the walls and they saw the giants and they saw the big armies, Caleb's mind did not stay there. Mm. The 10 spies, that's all they saw. But Caleb saw that with his physical eyes, but what did he see with his right. spiritual eyes? And I, when, when, I, when I picture him there, given the confidence that he comes back with, yeah, the fact that they can just take it straight away, yeah. he basically says, it won't be a problem. I can imagine that Caleb gets there and everyone is just like in awe of these huge figures. And Caleb goes and, and sees them and has this mindset where it's like, Oh, just giants. Yeah. Oh, it's just giants and walls. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. We're good. You know, let's go back. I'll tell everyone. It's just some big guys and some walls. That's it. Like, we'll be fine. Because I've seen God deal with an entire nation. Come on now. You know, I've seen him open the sea. I've seen him rain food down from heaven. Like, I've my my, my leader has actually seen his face on top of the mount. Come on. When he was given the law that's going to, you know, govern our people for the rest of of time. So giants and walls, yeah, no problem. We walk by faith, not by sight, mm. right? So this story is really illustrating the power and 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 the purpose of a Christian mind, especially in conflict. Mm. That when we're faced with walls and giants, we immediately have to shift and focus mm. on the Lord, what he said and what he can do. Right. It almost has to be habitual mm. and instinctive. It reminds me, you know, my brother used to take Taekwondo classes, right? And he used to do this repetition thing over and over, like for hours. Like, why are you doing this for hours? Right. And, and the teacher would say that when a conflict would arise, 
uh, because you've practiced this for so long mm-hmm. that you're not even going to think in the conflict, the fist is just going to fly out wow. in perfect form. It's going to be an instinctive reaction. Mm. That's how God's people need to be when mm. we enter into conflict. We need to instinctively react by instinctively looking unto Jesus, Mm -hmm. instinctively looking at his word, instinctively focusing on what God has said and what he can do. Right. That's where we need to dwell. I believe that's where Caleb was dwelling. Mm. And that's why he came back so pumped up, full of positivity, you know, because his eyes was on a magnificent warrior. Mm. You know, Moses called Jesus or God after they split the Red Sea. When he split the Red Sea, he wrote that song and he said, the Lord is a man of war. Mm. Now, if you're looking at giants and you're looking at somebody who can open the Red Sea, I'm going to be pumped up about the person that, who can open the Red Sea, right. who can destroy all of Pharaoh's chariots. And that's why I love this, this point that you brought out, that this place was called the promised land, like yeah. the very name of it was meant to invoke the word of the Lord. Come on. And bring you to a place of belief. Yes. And so to go there and to and 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 for Caleb just to be excited because this is what he's waited for. Yeah. You know, this is why he left Egypt in the first place, because yeah. they were promised for 400 years of a deliverer that would take them to the land of milk and honey. And and I can't help but think in this day and age, mm-hmm. when we've been promised of the return of the son of God. Yeah. We've been promised of a better land, a heavenly one. We've been promised of a place where there's no more sin or tears or pain, etc. And what's needed to to get us over that bridge from here to there is simply faith. Yeah. It's simply trusting in the promises and the word of the Lord to get us beyond the things that we can see. Amen. You know, I, I, I was thinking about the word faith, you know, you hear all kind of definitions and by all means, Hebrews 11 mm-hmm. uh, gives the best one. But, you know, faith is really a, a positive outlook. Right. And an expectation that God can do what he said he can do. Right. That's it. It's a positive thing, man. And I'm like, wow. And so I look at my own life and I and I and I do some self-examination here and I say, how much time do I spend complaining and and, mm. and and being negative at times and bringing that cloud of negativity in my home based on certain things that I see with my eyes and mm. hear with my ears? Where's my sight? You know, God wants us to focus on his word as the root so that the fruit can be positivity. Don't you find it strange that even today, Positivity, genuine positivity, is rare. It's almost as if we have become accustomed to disappointment, and so we aim low so as to avoid the pain of what may potentially happen. But is it really possible to be Christians, people of faith, and yet still be as negative as we are? It's hard to imagine a negative Jesus a discouraged Jesus. And even in times of utter discouragement, he never stopped trusting God and the promises of his word. We're going to take an early break here because we can't really interrupt what's coming up next. And that alone should keep you peeled. See you soon. I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That. A Christian without a Bible is like a soldier without a sword. You can't win a battle like that 
So we would like to introduce you to Humble Lamb Bibles. Humble Lamb's goal is to present the Word of God in a way that compels people to read it and thus connect with God more intimately. They make wonderfully crafted premium Bibles filled with cross-references, beautiful annotations, and many more built-in study tools. In addition to their King James Lion Bible, they are now excited to offer the new King James Shepherd Edition in a variety of beautiful colors. And get this, for every Bible they sell, they give another Bible away for free to those who can't afford one. And you can actually get 20% off when you use the code WTDT when you check out at HumbleLamb.com. If you've listened to the second season of Why They Did That, you'll recognize our sponsor for this episode. Types and Symbols, the creators of the Conflict Beautiful series, is happy to introduce a new beautiful set that they call the Life and Light Collection. Types and Symbols set out to create the most beautiful and readable edition of Steps to Christ, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, and Christ Object Lessons ever made. Each component of these beautifully created books was implemented with specific meaning and purpose from the holographic foil detail to the cover design. Just as with the Conflict Beautiful series, the Life and Light collection follows the same editorial philosophy to promote an enjoyable reading experience. To stay updated on when this will be released, make sure to follow their Instagram at Types and Symbols. Do it now, quick. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. We're pulling together years of education and experience to bring you the most comprehensive mental health podcast out there. From bipolar and schizophrenia to the common bouts of worry and sadness, we're here to help. This podcast is for the mom with irritable teens, the businessman burned out by work, and the student overwhelmed with school. In other words, this podcast is for everyone. The brain people don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Living in the midst of a global pandemic, we've all learned just how easily things can be spread. Regardless of how it began, it likely began with one single person, and now we live in a drastically different world. But you know what spreads even more rapidly than germs and viruses? Thinking, words, attitudes. So I was able to do some um, research, uh-huh. right? So I actually Googled this stuff and spent quite a bit of time just researching the power of negativity mm. and the power of positivity, right. negative thinking and negative words. Mm. And so, mind you, I'm looking at scientific research. And typically when you look at scientific research, uh, these are people that don't believe the Bible. Sure. But it's amazing what I'm, some of the facts that I'm about to share right now, they're totally biblical, mm. right? So scientific facts about negative thinking, 
two powerful points I want to bring out. Number one, it's scientifically proving that if I come into the room with a negative, uh, uh, pessimistic attitude, that my negativity could lower my immune system wow. and make me more susceptible to disease and sickness. Mm. Negativity weakens the immune system. Wow. Fact number one. Fact number two, which is crazy, and it goes with fact number one. Fact number two is that a negative spirit is contagious like the common cold. Hmm. Now, you put those two together. That's dangerous. Mm, it that's weakens right. your immune system and it's contagious. So if I come into the house and I start complaining, why are these dishes ain't done? Didn't mm. I tell you to do the dishes? And I'm yelling at my 15 year old and I'm not, I'm not bringing any life or positivity into the room. And I'm always grumpy. That thing is contagious. Yeah. Not only am I threatening my immune system, but I'm threatening hers. I don't know about I don't know if you've experienced this before, but um, I've been guilty of coming home with a wrong attitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as my wife hears that I'm not in the right mood, she'll say, uh, I'm going upstairs and the kids will, will leave. Mm. People will leave the room. Uh -huh. Why? Because they don't want to be in the room with somebody <laughs> that has that spirit. I remember working with somebody who. Man, this person would always complain. Wow. Always look at the glass half empty. Mm -hmm. Always point out what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where it was dampening the morale of the workplace. And people were coming up to me saying, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. It was that powerful. And so we look at this story. Mm -hmm. And we see 10 rulers spewing forth negativity. Not only are they thinking it, they're speaking it. Now, the Bible gives us a powerful principle in uh, Proverbs 18, 21. Mm, yes. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mm. Isn't that something? That's crazy. You have the power to speak death or life. Uh, James 3, 6 says the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Now, let's put that together with the scientific information that I mentioned. So if you can speak death and and if what you can say can spread like fire, that means if you come with a negative, pessimistic uh, attitude and words that can spread like wildfire mm. death to others around you. That's exactly what happened in this story. Right. This is actually a perfect representation of that because they come with their negativity and their negativity leads the children of Israel to come to a place where they're saying, let's kill these guys. Yeah. Like it, it literally led to a place of death. Death. They wanted to not only take life, but notice the power of the words that they spoke. They spoke death and it's as if they spoke death upon themselves. Mm. The, the power of the words that we speak a lot of the times can bring things into our life because we spoke it. Right. I know that seems kind of weird, mm -hmm. but this is actually biblical. Right. Uh, uh, let's look at Numbers 14, verse 2. At the end of the verse, notice what they say. This negativity has infected them, and now they're speaking death. They said, would God we had died in this wilderness? Mm -hmm. Caleb is like, let's go up and live. Let's enjoy the land. <laughs> it's ours for the right. taking. It's what we've been waiting for. But the negativity seeps in and they're speaking that. God looks at the people and I, I think it's in uh, verse 27 and verse 28 and verse 29. He says, okay, you want to die in the wilderness? 
have it according to what you just said. Right, and they actually get a a literal disease. Yeah, a plague. These ten individuals that Isn't were out there speaking death. Yeah, receive an actual illness that destroys their immune system, as you said, and they actually do die in the wilderness, as they said. That I think God is showing us uh, the power of words mm. and the power of negativity. You know, a scholar says this, and I know you know the scholar, and you know what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Nine tenths of all diseases mm-hmm. have their foundation in the mind. The mind. Ninety percent of diseases mm-hmm. start with the way of thinking. Right. Now, also illustrates the power of words because James says the power of the tongue is like fire. Right. That spreads. So these guys were thinking death and speaking death, lowering their immune system, and literally God illustrated their death by the plague. Um, but then the opposite's true. It is. Uh, I'm going to read the scripture in Jeremiah 15 I have here. Mm-hmm. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, mm. and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Wow. Isn't that something? Mm. Caleb went straight to the word of God on what God said and what God can do and what came out of his mouth. It was almost as if he was joyous. Mm. He, he was in a positive mind state because he was connected to the source of life and therefore life spewed out of his mouth. Mm. Brother, this is deep. Not only was life spewing out of his mouth because he was connected to the word of life and his mental health was in a wonderful place. His body began to experience a mm. physical strength. That's right. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. Let's go to Joshua really quick. This part makes me laugh and smile and give God praise. So we see that the 10 spies, they died of disease. Right. Everyone else who complained spoke their own death. It was like a self-prophecy, right? Their negativity. They all died. They all died. Caleb said, let's go take the land. And we know eventually... That came to pass. Mm -hmm. He was able to take it. But notice what happened to him physically. It's in Joshua 14. Uh, Let's look at verse 7 and then look at 10 and 11. Mm -hmm. Verse 7. Caleb is reflecting now. This is after, you know, Joshua conquers a good piece of the land of Canaan. And this is what Caleb says. 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Wow. Didn't we just read that Mm -hmm. in Jeremiah? Yep. That if God's word is in your heart, positive, Mm -hmm. that positive speaking will be the outcome. Verse 10. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. As he said, these 40 and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Mm. Eighty-five years old. Here's the kicker. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war. (laughs) And the funny thing is, this is not just 
This is not an old man just reveling in the fact that he's finally got what he's wanted. No. He demonstrates this because the point of the land that he wants is the mountain. Come on. He's like, not only am I as strong as I as I used to be, yeah. I'm going to show you by taking the most difficult place yeah. to go and live. Listen, not only did he take the mountain, he took the mountain where the sons of Anak were. Where the giants where were. Where the giants were. Yeah. Can you imagine an 85 and I, man? And I love that old man? 45 years later. He goes and does the thing that he wanted to do back then anyways. With the same strength. Right. I think this is a powerful illustration of being connected to the words of life. Mm. And then when difficulty comes your way, you're not focused on the difficulty. You're focused on thus saith the Lord. Right. The source of life. And not only your mental health and positive vibes are strong, where it can be contagious to those around you, mm. but your physical health right. is benefited because you're connected to the source. We need not only to, to read the word of God and to believe in the promises, yeah. but we need to speak the word of God Come on, bro. and we need to claim the promises. Let's look at Romans 10, for example. Yeah. In Romans chapter 10, Paul says that faith comes by hearing mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. So in other words, what, what he is saying is that you can be in a place where you don't have faith. In other words, unbelief, yeah. as we've just spoken about here. Mm -hmm. And through hearing the word, the word can come into contact with the unbelief and change it to faith. Amen. Which tells me that the word of God literally can change the way that we think. And, and when it comes to not only just thinking and, and, and claiming these promises. I, I remember um, there, there's this thing now online where people people have these things called scripture affirmations. Okay. And I, I remember first coming across it and just thinking, what a load of nonsense. You know, we're just going to go out there and just like, I'm going to start my day by saying these positive things. Yeah. I used to think, yeah. give me a break. Um, and then the more, the more I looked into it, the more I thought, hold on, there's like actual science to this. Yeah. Like this actually makes sense in that if I'm speaking positive things that I actually believe, you know, if I'm just speaking positive things for no purpose then, but if I'm speaking things that I actually believe, if I'm claiming the promises of God out loud, yes. you know how much power that gives? Yeah. Like I, I tell my students when they're studying and preparing for tests and whatnot, you know, throughout the year, they'll, they'll, they'll be saying, oh, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Imagine if you went into a test believing that yeah you know actually believing that everything that god has done with you up until this point was meaningful and that it was purposeful and it was actually god and you went in and you were saying to yourself god is with me yeah like imagine you went into a trial claiming the promises of god come on yeah there's no i don't i don't think there's a way that the devil can penetrate that yeah you know you you brought my mind we're in joshua i don't know if you're still there mm -hmm. but joshua one you know Joshua 1 gives us a powerful illustration. So in Joshua 1, he takes command, right? Mm -hmm. And God tells him to be strong and of good courage. God is trying to get him in a positive way of thinking. You got this, Joshua, and I got you. Mm -hmm. And he encourages him and says, be strong and of a good courage, like four or five times in this chapter. But the kicker is verse 8. Mm. How do you be strong and of a good courage? Mm. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy what? Thy mouth. What is God saying? Mm. You got to speak it. Yeah. Not only that, but thou shalt meditate 
therein day and night. Now notice this, Joshua, I don't want you to meditate on your battle plans day and night. Wow. I don't want you to be speaking about how am I going to conquer Jericho mm-hmm. and AI? I don't want you meditating on the blueprints and strategies. The way that you're going to conquer is meditate on life, my right. words, and speak it. David said, um, thy word have I hid where? In my heart. In my heart. Yes. That I might not sin against thee. Yes. And that's not just taking in the word. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the idea is is not that I'm I'm hiding literally the word from others. Yeah. But that I'm putting it in a place where then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Come on, brother. And I really, I really do believe that that when it comes, when we look at the story of Caleb and how we can actually apply this to our life, that the word of God, it needs to be spoken more. Yes. The promises need to be claimed. We need to, we need to take the fact that the words of God, these wonderful words of life, have the actual power to change. And nowhere I think is this better illustrated than when the prophet Ezekiel. Yeah. is standing in a barren wasteland mm-hmm. and there's just lifeless yes. bones amongst the people. Mm. And God doesn't ask for a physician. He doesn't ask for extra tools. He doesn't ask for, wow. you know, no scientific experiment. He says, what's going to bring what is dead back to life Come on now. is the word of God. And there's no way, young man, how shall you keep your way clean but by taking heed to the word of God? If the word of God is not part of our daily lives, if we're not taking the word in and bringing the word out, then we are destined, whether we choose to accept it or not, to to lie lifeless with these same 10 yeah. people that brought back this horrible report. We're not going to enter the land without the word. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is so powerful. Praise the Lord. Caleb, amidst the sea of demonic negativity, mm. was speaking words of power. You know, God's words have creative power. Mm -hmm. You know, you were talking to me earlier about when God created the world, he didn't think creation. Right. He spoke and it came to pass. And you imagine that he could have just thought it and it happened. He could have. But he he spoke it. He he spoke it. I mean, that's got to tell us a whole lot. Mm -hmm. You know, Caleb went further than just thinking. He spoke it. Why? Because there's power in the word of God. Mm. There's creation power. This is why I think God, you know, allowed them to die in the wilderness because conviction came, I believe, Mm. through the word of power that he spoke through his servant, Caleb. And so what are we saying? (laughs) I think what we're saying here is that when we encounter difficulties, walls, giants, obstacles. Christians need to be conditioned to what is, what does the Bible say? And not just focusing on what the Bible says, but speaking it out loud, verbalizing it. So yours, you can hear it. Right. <laughs> right. Faith coming by hearing. And there, there's a, there's a power in that. It almost seems really strange to say and almost, uh, uh, very hard to explain, but these are the conclusions that I'm coming to with this story. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12 that by our words, yes, we sir. shall be justified mm. and by our words, we shall be condemned Yeah, because it's not enough to just have it within. Can you imagine this story? If Caleb comes back and 10 people give a negative report, yeah. but, but faithful Caleb mm-hmm. knows they can do it, mm. but just chooses not to speak up, mm. you know, chooses not to 
not to give that counter report, chooses not to say, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. We can actually do this. And then later on stands up before the whole people wow. when they've already decided they don't want Moses anymore. They want new leaders and they want to head back to Egypt and beg for forgiveness. Caleb again stands up Wow. and doesn't just, he's, he's not merely a witness. He's a vocal one. Wow. You know, he actually says what he believes. It, it sounds like what you're saying is that true belief isn't belief until it's vocalized. I want to talk a little bit about God's positivity. Mm, okay. Because, you know, my dad brought up in a sermon one time, ago, a long time ago, and it really, really got me thinking. God sees everything. Mm -hmm. He sees all the negativity this world offers. He sees all the pain. He sees all the child abuse. Mm -hmm. He sees the sex trafficking. Uh -huh. He sees the adultery. He sees the murder. He sees the violence. Mm. He sees the demonic activity. Yet, all that negativity does not overwhelm or outdo or negate his positivity. Hmm. He's still positive. He's still positive about your life mm. and my life. And I think about Christ. Christ on the way to Calvary. Where was his thoughts? Mm. Not upon himself. It wasn't on himself. It wasn't on, oh, this, this, these nails are going to hurt. It wasn't on, this is going to be a, a painful experience. What was it on? If you go to Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy mm. that was set before him endured the cross. So I'm looking at God. God himself focuses on the positive mm. to function as God himself. Wow. To provide the benefits of his love and positive character to you mm. and I. So even at the cross, amidst a sea of demonic negativity, Christ found that one positive thing. Uh -huh. And it was you and me. You know, it's crazy to go even one step further. Take it. The things that he said on the cross. Come on now. Only positive things came out of his mouth. Yes. He looked at them and said, Father, forgive them. Come on now. They don't know what they're doing. He looked at John and said, Behold your mother. Wow. Looked at his mother and said, Behold your son. You know, so so even in a place, like you said, where literal demons were surrounding him, where he'd been stripped naked and yeah. mocked. And, you know, the, the, that picture is something that humanity just, I don't think, can actually behold. But even in that case, all Christ did was speak positivity. That's amazing. And to those that actually received the words, even the Roman centurion at that time. Come on now, brother. Words of life. That's it. The thief on the cross, right? Words of life. Words of life. And he speaks words of life. And what happens at the crucifixion? The the veil is rent. Come on. And there's an actual resurrection. resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. Wow. Powerful. He, he, he didn't hold it in. He vocalized his mm. belief. And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is the motto of the Apostle Peter. How can we stay silent? How can we not tell people what we have both seen and heard? How can there be silent Christians? Friends, right now the people of the world are so confused. And that's, that's not a criticism or a condemnation. It's a statement of pity whether it be over issues and origins, biological makeup, social justice issues and corruption, the Bible is not silent on any of this. So why are we? 
July 2020, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, mm. yours truly got COVID-19. Wow. Now, let me tell you how I got it. Mm, go it's on. pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a Sabbath day. Now, here's why I know for a fact. The person that came over my house that Sabbath came over my house to do a Zoom session to preach the word of God. Mm. This person didn't know that they had COVID at that time. Wow. Now, this person came to my house and was preaching the word of God. So literally, this is funny and kind of not funny. Life and death was coming out of this, the same tongue, right? <laughs> the word of God and COVID-19, right? <laughs> so after that day, the Sabbath, about four days later, I got sick. And come to find out that person told me I'm sick too. Wow. So that person was ahead of me in schedule with the mm-hmm. COVID-19. So this was in July. So, you know, this was a time when the, the deaths were spiking up and uh, there was a lot of unanswered questions. So this thing hit me hard, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I was questioning, Lord, why did I get COVID? And and on the Sabbath and, and, and somebody preaching your word gave it to me. Right? Wow. <laughs> And so I'm questioning, like, Lord, what? Okay. And I try not to focus on the negativity. And this thing hits me hard, man. I had it for two weeks. I experienced uh, fever, chills, body aches, uh, lethargy, weakness. I lost my sense of smell. I lost my taste. Man, I love Maui onion chips. And when I tried to eat one of those chips and I couldn't taste the onion, I thought something was wrong with the whole bag. (laughs) You know? Um, but that's when I, I really knew, okay, you really got COVID. Wow. Of course I got tested and it was sure. positive. Um, but so I'm in my office now for two weeks mm. and I'm afflicted with this disease and I got it pretty, pretty rough. I'm isolated. I'm away from my wife and children. I mean, even if I stepped out the door to go to the bathroom, if my daughter saw me, they're running, daddy, daddy, COVID run, run. So I'm isolated. So I'm just left in this office for two weeks mm me and my thoughts right now mind you i'm i'm getting uh updates from the person that gave me the virus and this person um her husband is reaching out to me and saying pray we're on our way to the hospital she's having breathing issues Uh, it's pretty bad and so now i'm thinking like wait a second this is the person that gave me and they're ahead of me on the COVID schedule first few days is that my future? Mm. And so now negativity is, is is knocking at my door, right? Doubt and worry. Mm. Why did I get COVID-19? Um, um, and as I'm sitting there with a fever and I have congestion, I'm having a little breathing issues. And, and then I get this call and text, Lord, is this my future? Uh-huh. And as soon as negativity begins to try to surround me in this cloud, the Holy Ghost kicks in with the word of God. You see, what I was doing in that isolation by the grace of God was simply reading the stories of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. I was reflecting on the word himself. And during that time of temptation, immediately the Holy Spirit brought to my mind the life of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the stories that I was reading, I was reading how loving he was, how he would go out of his way just so that somebody can reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Right. 
He purposely walked that path so she can do that. Mm. And I was reading how he walked miles. Jesus walked a lot. He walked miles all over the place just to be in the right place at the right time. And I was overwhelmed with the love of God. And as negativity was creeping into my mind about me potentially having breathing issues, the scripture came to my mind. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And with the word of God in that moment, bro, I got up from my, I was laying on the couch at that, in the office, that sick couch that I slept on for two weeks. I got up with my mind on Jesus Mm. and his love for me. And on the word of God, I simply begin to walk in circles in that office and just give God praise. Now, going back to Caleb, Mm. he's from the tribe of Judah. You know what Judah means? means praise Mm. so i think god he knew he knew yeah that to praise god about his goodness about what he has done and what he can do puts Mm. your mind in a positive way of thinking and brings life and health i don't know how long i spent in that room praising god but i was praising him for his character i was praising him for the miracles he did in my life Mm. in the past i was praising him with all the breath I had in that moment. I was so fired up, brother. I was like, I don't even care if COVID takes over and takes my breath. As long as I have breath, I'm going to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Man, I was so fired up. Listen, COVID can give you some goosebumps, but nothing can out goosebump the Holy Ghost. That night in particular, it was a special night for me. Mm. I felt the presence of God in that room. It was as if Jesus came in that room and gave me a hug. And in those few precious moments, COVID-19 had no chance in the presence of Christ. I was overwhelmed by the promises and presence of God. And I think I I would like to say that I experienced a little bit what Caleb experienced Mm. that, that day. Amidst a sea of negativity, trusting in his word, the presence of Christ, another spirit came upon me that day. And I learned through that experience what the people of God, the type of mind we need to have when we encounter the time of trouble that's coming. Mm. Because we're going to face turmoils. We're going to face giants. We're going to face walls. We're going to face opposition. But what kind of mind Mm. do we need to have? I want the mind of Caleb, which is the mind of Christ. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And you've just heard our latest show. If you'd like to hear more or hearken back to a previous episode, you can find us at whythedidthat.org. We would love it if you could subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could go as far as leaving a review, that would be amazing. You can follow us on your favorite social media accounts, Facebook or Instagram, at why they did that. And of course, YouTube, where you can actually watch this episode now as well as listen to it. So make sure to check that out too. Finally, if you would like to support this podcast and keep it running, please consider becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash WTDT. This show was produced by the supremely talented Paul Keefe and the video editing by Jonathan J.J. Jensen. And a special thank you to everyone else on the Why They Did That team.
Once again, I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That.